This is Darrell Alia, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast, episode 74. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before for the Millions Podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions Podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7 Minute Mentor Podcast, global entrepreneur and all-round geek, and you are listening to the Before the Millions Podcast. I am MC Lobsher, the Cashflow Ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions Podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions Podcast. But whether you're looking to invest or cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the Before the Millions podcast. And now your host, DeRay Olalaye. Hey, what's up? What's going on, BTM tribe? Back for another installment, another episode of the Before the Millions podcast. And guys, Back in January, I think the first, second day of January, I think that was a Tuesday. That was when the first episode of this year came out. And that episode was titled something along the lines of the top six reasons you should purchase your first investment property in 2018. And I had gotten a lot of clarity. I realized how much I wanted to help people in 2018 get from zero to one, buy that first investment property and go on to be a real estate investor. So I made it my year's goal to help as many people as I can. And now we're here in late September, early October, and I'm just like, man, time flies. Like, can you believe it? Can you believe that this year is already almost over? And maybe you're one of those people who heard that episode and you were really inspired by that episode. Maybe you took some sort of action. You may have even emailed me and, and told me, hey, DeRay, like, I was really inspired and this is what I set out to do this year. And maybe you got started. Maybe it was tough. Maybe there were a lot of ups and there were a lot of downs, but you stuck it through and you're on the other side. But maybe some of you didn't. Maybe some of you intended to get started. Maybe some of you actually got started, but fell off the wagon. There are some of you who haven't heard the episode yet. And if you haven't, I strongly suggest that you go back and listen to beforethemillions.com slash episode 31. 31, guys. So we're on the last leg of this year. And some of you may be thinking, man, it's, it's too late for me. I can't wait till next year. I'm going to set my New Year's resolution. I'm going to become a real estate investor. I'm here to shake up some of those feathers. I'm here to change that line of thinking. I'm here to tell you that you can still do it. You can still close on your first investment property. You can still become a real estate investor now and not wait. There's time. There's lots of time. So what have I been working on lately? Well, I've been working on, as usual, adding more and more value to everybody that I come in contact, everybody I surround myself with. Again, I think I, I truly think that is what we are all here for. You know, right now I'm, I'm, I'm working out the kinks on this, a way of adding value every single month to all of my past clients for eternity. Now, that may sound crazy. And I mean, it's something that I really want to do. And even my one of my most trusted mentors has strongly advised against it. But 
I want to be able to build long lasting relationships with everybody that I've helped create or start down this path of investing, of lifestyle design, whatever it is. I want to take a life journey with each and every one of you. And for my past private coaching clients, I'm actually creating a way for that to be possible. And what's funny is now that I've actually said that out loud and I've said it on the podcast, like I have to do it for you guys, each and every single one of you guys, I strongly believe that if you want it bad enough, you have what it takes and you can get over that hump in 2018. You can buy your first investment property and start cash flowing. You can't complete your first real estate transaction. And, you know, something else I'm working on, guys, is and I probably shouldn't be saying this yet because this is really, really early on. But I'm thinking about or I'm committing to creating a 30 day challenge. I want to debunk a lot of myths that may be holding some people back. So I'm creating a 30 day challenge to help people get into their first investment property. It's going to be something that we're all going to do together. So I haven't worked out the details yet, but trust and believe it's going to be fire. It's going to be super entertaining. It's going to be super informative. You're going to learn a whole lot. And if you actually participate in the challenge, the idea is that you would have started making offers and possibly even have gotten your first property under contract within 30 days. Again, I haven't worked out the details, but that may not be a rental. So you may not be making $250 a month every single month. It may be a wholesale. You may you may complete a deal in the next 30 days with this challenge and get five grand in your pocket or 10 grand in your pocket. And you may be able to use that as a down payment for your first deal. Again, still working out the details, but I'm doing this because that I know what the right push and what the right focus from the right people, those people can change their lives this year in 2018 in a drastic way. So, and I, I haven't created a link yet or anything like that, because again, these are the really early stages, but if you're interested, if you want to participate in the 30 day challenge, and of course it'll be totally free, I'm thinking it's going to be a 30 day video series challenge, and that'll probably be delivered via email. So I'll tell you what, if this sounds like something you're interested in, something you want to participate in, because you want to have your first property or at least get your first real estate transaction done before the end of 2018, and you know that you can do it. Whether you've been studying and you just haven't pulled the trigger or you're just, just, just getting started, there's still time. And if you feel like a community of people doing a 30-day challenge with a detailed focus on purchasing or completing your first real estate transaction is going to help you get over that hurdle, then email me, deray at beforethemillions.com. That's D-A-R-A-Y at beforethemillions.com. Put in the subject line. 30 day challenge. And I'm going to automatically know what you're talking about. And I'm going to make sure that I email you or I personally reach out to you. If I get enough people interested, once we've selected dates and how we're going to move forward with the challenge. Again, it's totally free. I just want to keep increasing our efforts, my efforts to create new investors before this year is over. On today's show, we are speaking with Mr. Investor. Zachary Beach. And Zach is an investor with the Smart Real Estate Coach Group. And me and Zach connected a few weeks ago, actually a few months ago, 
This episode is probably being released late September, early October. Meanwhile, me and Zach probably spoke late May, early June. But since that conversation, since this conversation, this episode, this interview, me and Zach have connected on a few fronts. And I really like his attitude toward success. Now, I've titled this episode, Whether You Think You Can or You Think You Can't, You're Right. Now, this is a famous quote by Henry Ford. I'm going to save it, but in the tip of the week, we'll talk about this quote and exactly what it means. It's going to get a little bit trippy, so don't be alarmed. And this is largely what we talk about on today's show. Zach didn't have a whole lot growing up, and he put himself, he primed himself for opportunity. He primed himself to be in the right place at the right time. He primarily focuses on buying properties the buying side of transactions. That, that's his bread and butter. That's what he does best. While his partner focuses on selling their assets, selling properties. And I love how they've been able to establish that dynamic in their business. You know, we predominantly talk about the mindset needed to be successful. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are correct. You are right. And it's so true, guys. It's so true, no matter how you look at it. So I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that. So I can't wait for you guys to hear the interview with Zach. He's going to be inspirational. He's going to show you guys how to overcome some of these beliefs and your money mindset problem. But before that, let's go ahead and get to the tip of the week now. DeRay's tip of the week. How to neurohack success. Yes, yes, yes. Enter my world. Tell me what you see. <laughs> no, but seriously, guys, we're talking about how to neurohack success. I mentioned earlier that the title of this episode is whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are correct. I'm going to focus on one little small, tiny example and see if we can draw some illustrations and some parallels as to why this is true and why this will always be true. There's somebody out there that wants to jump into real estate. They have no money. <laughs> but even worse, they believe that because they have no money, investing is not possible for them. So anytime they hear their coworker say something along the lines of, I'm thinking about moving and I'm going to have to put my house on the market. This person who doesn't have any money, but more importantly, has the mindset that money is what they need to invest in real estate will never recognize this statement as an opportunity. This person has decided to shut down any possibility of being or becoming a real estate investor until they get the money. If ever that happens, so they wait and they shut off any and every sign or opportunity that even remotely resembles something that should be explored a little bit further because they've already came up with the belief and told themselves what is and isn't possible for their situation. Does this sound familiar? I am not a morning person. How many people say that? And then there are people who are like, well, DeRay, no, really, it's true. Like, that's just not, that's just how my body is. I'm just not a morning person. 
And I totally get that. And I 100% resonate with that. You are not a morning person. Now, here's what's trippy. And a lot of you guys are not going to, if you're not a morning person, or if you have a similar situation to this, which we all do, it's going to be hard to kind of take this in when I tell you that you can be a morning person. In fact, you are a morning person if you decide so. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are correct. So even those of you still fighting that, that or you still have that urge to be like, no, but Dorey, you don't understand. I am not a morning person. You are proving that statement to be true. If you start telling yourself, again, guys, hold on to your seats. If you start telling yourself that you are a morning person, that you love getting up in the mornings and you think about the joy that it brings you being up, being up before everybody, having peace and quiet, drinking your coffee, reading the paper, catching up on news, watching TV, cartoons, cereal, whatever it is. And you bask in that and you find the joy in that and you you embody the person who is a morning person because you've told yourself and you've started believing that you are a morning person and you start you slowly but i mean not, maybe not even consciously start operating in such a manner so you you may even decide to go to sleep early cuz you've already started conditioning your mind and your body to believe that you're a morning person this is just who you are so you're going to start exhibiting some of those attributes some of those traits people change their beliefs every day around what's possible and what's not possible. So we're supposed to be neurohacking success, not sleep patterns. Some of us believe that we want to be successful. And I find myself at fault with this. I find myself battling with this all the time. And I think anybody and everybody, we all find ourselves battling with this. So there's no exception to the rule. But I think that you have to recognize it so that you can do something about it. So some of us say to ourselves, or we believe, or we think that we believe that we want to be successful or we are going to be successful, but we don't actually embody that. We don't operate as a success. Going back to real estate, if you put up these barriers and tell yourself that these are the reasons why you can't invest in real estate, you are always going to find reasons in the universe that prove true to your hypothesis. It's how your mind works. It's how your brain works. Think about the fact that whenever you're on the market for a new car or whenever you just bought a new car, or maybe whenever you've just rented a car and you're now experiencing this car, you understand this car, you've seen this car, you've driven this car. This car may now be yours. You may have bought it or leased it or whatever the case may be. Why do you start automatically noticing that car everywhere you go. Why does that happen? Like, it's like, I mean, those cars were around plenty of years and plenty of times and in plenty of instances previously in our lives, but we tuned them out. It's not until our focus or our experience was with that car that we started noticing that car on every single street corner. Same thing with opportunity. If your focus is on the fact that you don't have the money, you don't have the connections, you don't have the resources, you don't have, you don't have, you don't have, you're going to keep finding evidence in the world that proves that you don't have. Like, see, I told you I I don't, I couldn't do it. See, I told you, like, I don't have it. 
because you've wired yourself to believe that you don't have that. And we never want to be contradictory to the thoughts that we think. I'm not trying to get some of you guys lost, but I hope that makes sense. You know, I think about the, the there's another study and you guys have probably seen it to where there's a lot of movement at this basketball gym. And I guess the video recording is asking, hey, like, can you count the number of basketballs in this frame? And then like, you know, there are basketballs going in and out of the frame and you have to count the balls. And and there's probably like a 10 second window. So it's pretty easy to count the number of balls if you concentrate. Right. But what's crazy is that there's this huge gorilla that comes across the screen, literally in the middle of the 10 seconds while you're counting the balls. There's a huge gorilla that comes across the screen, just walks by. And the majority of people who go through this exercise or who have done this study never even notice the gorilla, never even see it. Now you go back and watch the video the second time. You're like, it's obvious it's there. You're going to watch it slowly walk by, right? But when your focus was on counting the number of basketballs in the frame, you tuned out anything that wasn't directly going to get you to your goal. So are you focusing on what you don't have? Because all you're going to see in the world is evidence of that. And you're never going to get anywhere. Or are you focusing on the fact that there is possibilities and opportunity everywhere in abundance waiting for you? And that any and everything that happens in your life is possibly a possibility, a learning experience, some growth. This is how you neurohack success. All right, all right, all right. Let's stop exploring our minds for just a little bit and let's get to the show. And now your feature presentation. On today's episode, I have a fellow millennial. I have a fellow 28-year-old. I have a fellow boss doing really, really big things on the show. And his name is Zachary Beach. Hey, Zach, how's it going? Everything's going excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. And I'm super excited to kind of jump into your story and let the listeners get some value nuggets. Let's take things back. Let's talk about the inception of Mr. Beach. Let's talk about why and how you decided to start investing in real estate. Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll take you back even further. You know, when I was a kid growing up, I actually had a single mother. Uh, she's still a cashier at Lowe's. So I got two other brothers. But by the time uh, I was growing up, it was almost like an only child. They were, they were in college. They're 10, 11 years older than me. So I was kind of doing things on my own. And we didn't really come for money. I mean, I have an absolutely loving family, but I didn't come for much wealth at all. So I always, I guess I always had a dream to be, uh, to be wealthy. I, I kind of was a, a a kid that didn't have much money, but lived in a in a pretty wealthy town right outside of uh, Worcester, Mass, in Central Massachusetts. If uh, if anybody knows where that is, I was growing up. I I I always found myself doing some entrepreneurial things, such as I'd be the one that would be out there shoveling snow during during uh, some of the big snowstorms that we have up here in uh, New England. I would be cutting grass, doing some landscaping, things of that sort. If I even went all the way back to when I was uh, like eight years old, I lived on a golf course and I used to collect all the golf balls that were that went to the high grass and I'd sell them uh, five for a dollar. Uh, now that I actually golf, I realized that was an absolute steal uh, and I should have charged more. But that that's kind of where my entrepreneurial blood you know started. And then as I as I got older, I just knew that I didn't want to be in corporate. I went to college, and which typically people do, uh, to join the corporate world. But 
I, I just knew that I didn't want to be in corporate. And I think the only reason why I actually went to college is because all my teachers in high school told me I couldn't. So that was, <laughs> that was just kind of, uh, you know, in your face, I, I did it. So uh, I got that accomplished. While I was in college, I started bartending uh, and, and started relocating down to Newport Island or, or Southern Rhode Island where I started bartending and making tips. And I felt like I was uh, the richest kid at college during that time frame because I used to be able to work on the weekends and, and make a, a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> so I, I thought I was doing big things at that point in time. And uh, as, I, as I left college, you know, I, I continued to do bartending because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I also picked up uh, personal training as well because uh, I just knew I could make some other cash doing by grinding it out and, and getting clients. But I soon realized that it was going to be tough because I was burning the can on both ends. I don't know if uh, anyone's had a lifestyle like that, but I would bartend from like, I don't know, five at night to two in the morning and then sleep or take a nap for three hours. And then I would then personal train from... I'd say uh, five in the morning till 10 or 11 in the late morning and then, uh, and then sleep finally. So I was burning the can on both ends and I just knew it, there had to be something that had, had to be a different life for me. I, I didn't want to continue to grind like this. So from kind of watching from the side, a family member of mine or ends up being my, uh, my father-in-law started his, his real estate business and, and then my brother-in-law joined and then me and my wife were chatting one day and we decided to kind of take a leap of faith. And that's when I started to jump into real estate, not knowing absolutely anything about it. But, you know, I said, heck, it's going to be a, a little bit better than this. And even if I got to, you know, take a little bit of pay cut for a while, um, the grass looked a lot greener on the other side. That's where my real estate journey kind of began. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that story. And it sounds like you were you were an entrepreneur from from the get go, like from inception, like it was in your blood and it was something that you've always wanted to do. And, you know, you come across this, let me call it an opportunity. You come across this opportunity to get into real estate. What did that mean for you at the time? What did it mean to get into real estate? Were you becoming a real estate professional? Were you becoming a real estate investor? Were you doing, what did it mean to jump into real estate? And what what were maybe your goals back then? Like, what did you think was possible? I know what you think is possible today that is possible for you is totally different than back then, what you thought was possible because of how you've been able to grow. But back then, well, I mean, maybe you were just trying to make $3,000 a month or five. You're just trying to get by and you didn't think that this would turn into what it is today. So what was the goal back then? And how did you really jump into real estate? Well, the goal really was I need to do something different. I just knew whatever I was doing right now, there wasn't there wasn't an ability to grow. There wasn't an ability to make much more money. I mean, I climbed the ranks at my bar and became like a head bartender. So I knew like that was my life from then on out. Like I couldn't get any better shifts. The cash flow is always relatively the same. Uh, so you know how much you're going to make. And then as far as personal training goes, the only way I can make more money is if I continue to get more clients, which means I was trading dollar for hours. So there's, there's no growth there. So I'll be honest with you, at the time, I had no idea what the goal was. I was 24, 25 years old, and I just knew that it was something better than what I had at the time. So at the thinking back, it could have probably have been anything. It didn't have to have been real estate, but that's what my family uh, was doing. And I noticed the lifestyle in which they had, and I, I thought that, hey, this might be a, uh, a better opportunity for me. So that's when I kind of dove in there. And as far as what we're involved in real estate, I'm an investor at heart now. Actually, the majority of what we do is lease purchases, owner financing, subject to deals, buying and selling on terms. 
which I had no idea what that meant at the time. Again, I just knew that it was better than what I was doing. So it's been quite the journey over the last, say, about three years now from going from as green as green could be. So if you're out there and, and you're just getting started or, you're, or if you just want to get into real estate and don't know how, you're definitely going to be able to do it as long as you surround yourself with the right people and you put your, your mind to it and, and, and study and understand anyone can do it. I, I mean, uh, I actually coach people out there as well. And, and majority of the people I coach are, uh, are brand new or they're trying to, or they're trying to make that jump into real estate. So all you got to do is just make sure you study hard and first and foremost, you take action, fill your way forward. And, and that, that's how you get involved in real estate, <laughs> make that. some mistakes and, and, and jump into it. What was that first transaction for you? What was that like? Were you on the buyer side? Were you on the seller side? Were you an agent? Were you a wholesaler? Like, how did that first transaction go for you? And then I want to I, I kind of pull some mental gems out of, out of completing that transaction, whether it was a success or a failure. I want to kind of pull out what you've learned from that situation. Huh, that's funny you bring that up because it was probably <laughs> one of my worst failures. It's funny. I talk about it all the time. So I'll walk you through the transaction. So I was a buyer and we were buying the property for what the seller owes. Uh, there was a mortgage on the property and what we call is we, we're buying it subject to the existing loan. So what that means is we are going to purchase the property. We're going to close on it. So then we're going to take title but the mortgage still stays in that seller's name. So we're basically taking over the mortgage and buying the property. Uh, needless to say, I guess I didn't do enough research or, or I let the, the seller kind of tell me what he wanted to tell me because what we come to find out later on is that the property was not deleted. And uh, we placed a, a, a buyer in the property or what we call tenant buyer. So somebody looking to become a homeowner, they just need time in order to do so. So we placed a, a buy on the property through our rent to own program. We found out soon enough that she did her own lead test on the property and that there was lead in the home. So we uh, kind of fast forward, we ended up spending $30,000 to get that property deleted. And if I didn't have uh, the support or the knowledge that I ended up learning at that time, it probably would have put me out of business. But we were able to work through, work through the whole process. Uh, we got some extra deals done in order to fund that. And then we, we made it through it. And, and actually that property is now coming up at the end of its term. So it should be getting cashed out soon enough. And don't get me wrong, it was $30,000 up front. But if I look back on the numbers, it's still going to be like a sixty dollars or $70,000 profit deal. It's just if it's just that initial, that initial $30,000 that kind of that hurt there. So yeah, biggest failure, I, I think to date was my first deal pinpoint one lesson that you want the listeners to be able to take away from that story of yours? Uh, the lesson, it's, I think it, it can relate to pretty much every part of real estate or, or any entrepreneur. It's, it's don't let the, the first failure, you know, kind of kill your business, right? So if, if I would have let, let that, that failure or that first transaction kind of stop me and then say, hey, I'm never going to do real estate again because this is what happens when you do real estate is you get burnt by a, a deleted property for $30,000. Then we wouldn't have the million dollar business that we have today. So you can't let those, those, those initial failures, you know, when you're kind of young and you don't, and I don't necessarily mean by age, but young in the business, you, you just can't let those things stop. You, you got to push forward, figure out how to, how to come out through a, a, a so-called lesson or a failure. And then just make sure you come out the other side. A lot of our, uh, a lot of our agreements now, actually our, our entire agreement now has shifted 
where we have clauses in our agreements now that have the the lead lead in them. So nowadays, if we were to buy that same property, we would actually pass that on to our original seller because it wasn't deleted. We haven't hit 30 yet. And you know, the rest of your life is, is ahead of you. You have so much more to accomplish, so much more to do, so much more out there. And I want to maybe fast forward to present day, what you're currently doing and what you maybe see for yourself in the next five years, as far as how you want to build your business, but not only your business, let's talk about the lifestyle design aspect of things. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what I'm currently doing today, we'll kind of start from the top there, is I buy and sell properties. I have a, a family business that I work with my brother-in-law and my father-in-law, my wife and some other support staff now. It wasn't the business uh, when I first joined, I'll tell you that. It was my first risk, as I should say. We were, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law were kind of winging it at the time. They were putting together deals, but there was no structure. There was no processes. And a lot of the deals that we're cashing out now, we probably wouldn't have done back then. We're, we're able to now structure our business where we're only cherry picking like the nice deals now so that we were not dealing with the hassles two, three, four, five, six years down the line. So I think that's important. So, you know, we took that risk. It wasn't guaranteed, but now we're able to structure the business and we've scaled it to a point where we can now do roughly about four, four deals a month comfortably without having to stretch ourselves. And with that being said there, so that, that's, what, that's what we do right now. I buy any and all of the properties that come through our business and then my brother-in-law sells them. Me and him now have transitioned to 100% running the company. We handle all the day-to-day activities there. As far as moving forward and progressing, we are starting to put together pieces in place where I don't necessarily have to deal with the day-to-day activities and each and buy each and every single property that comes through. So we're, we're automating it more, we're be more flexible and, and really working on the business compared to in the business. So that's really the next step in, uh, in my life and my progression is to take myself out of... Uh, a position where I have to be making, you know, X amount of calls a week in order to generate the leads and to be able to generate the contracts and to be purchasing each and every property. So so we're looking to scale to then automate some things. The reason why we're doing that also is because we businesses, we coach uh, people on to do what we do which is buy and sell on terms. So, and that business is significantly growing. So we have to automate and scale one business. That way we can really generate the other business. Cause like yourself, Duray, we're very much into coaching and, and creating entrepreneurs out there and real estate investors. Hitting my, my lifestyle. I mean, personally, I think I'm at a lifestyle where I never ever thought I was going to get to, let alone by a 28. Because like I said, I came from a single mother and <laughs> we didn't have much money. So the fact that I have a beautiful house on the water now down here in Southern Rhode Island, drive a nice car, I'm, I got a nice family, those things I would have never ever thought I was going to have at this point in time, but I know it's just barely scratching the surface here now. I, I talk to a bunch of mentors and they say that every time because I mean, I'm enjoying it, but you know, as, as, growth, as growth happens and just being at 28, I, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited to see what the, the future holds. And I guess sky's the limit, right? Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it's it's one thing to, we talk about our past and we talk about thinking about the fact that you didn't come from 
you grew up in a single family home and you, you, were, you weren't fortunate to, or you weren't privy to a lot of the things that you know now. You didn't have access to these things. And, you know, there are listeners out there who are listening to us right now. And they're like, well, yeah, but, you know, well, DeRay, you had this when you started, or you were able to do this when you started, or, you know, Zach, well, you, you had a, you know, you had a father-in-law, you had this, you had that. And these people are literally putting limiting beliefs up in front of themselves because they're saying that there are certain things that they don't have that other people have that they're able to be more successful. I want you to debunk that myth. I want you to speak against that and maybe give advice to that college student that's looking to get into real estate or that, that first time investor that just bought their first property or looking for how to get more money to scale. And they're like, well, I don't have the resources that Duran and Zach have. How do I get started? How do I really plant my future in real estate and really be able to propel how they did? Like, what do I have to do? What's the secret sauce? What, you know, what do you have to say to them? Sure. I tell them first and foremost, there's definitely not a secret sauce there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, don't get me wrong. I was fortunate enough to have a mentor that's a family member that happens to be in real estate now. But if I didn't pursue that opportunity, then I wouldn't be where I am today. So if I didn't put myself in a position where I was able to pursue that opportunity or had the vision to, because I could have I know I have tons of friends still that are bartenders and don't get me wrong. I'm not downplaying uh, bartenders uh, professions. Great. But if that was my mindset that I wanted to be a bartender and I, and I was happy with that lifestyle then I would have never taken the risk to jump into a family business that was pretty unstable at the time. And now we're finally, you know, a couple of years later stabilizing it to keep consistent results. So if I didn't put myself in that position, then I would have I've never been able to accomplish this opportunity. But I mean, the, the way society is today, you can get a mentor way easier than it used to be able to. You used to have to read a book. And, and I say this like I'm an old man, but you used to have to read a book. And then as soon as you read the book, you'd have to like write a letter to the author and then hopefully you get some time with them. Now every single author is on YouTube, Facebook. It's very easy to reach out to these mentors. And if it costs you a couple thousand dollars or, or whatever, I mean, that, that's what it costs to gain some knowledge. So I always tell everyone, just find some people that are doing what you're, you're doing or what you want to do and just get a, get a hold of them, get, a, get attached to them, start surrounding yourself uh, by the people that you want to become. I was just listening to um, a video this morning. And uh, I'm sure everyone's heard this, but your wealth is the combination of the five people that you surround yourself with. So if, if you want to become wealthy, or you want to become a real estate investor, then find groups. Uh, there's meetups now. There's uh, RIAs. Uh, there's plenty of easy access into the industry. So just go, just go find some people that are doing what you're doing and, and go copy them. And, and that will debunk that myth right now. So what I'm hearing from you, Zach, is that the best way to move forward, the best way to kind of get your real estate investing career going, the best way to overcome limiting beliefs and challenges and not knowing how to overcome stumbling blocks, the best way to do all of this is, is to literally go and find somebody who's done what you're looking to do. Or in other words, it's to literally invest in yourself. You talk about, we talk about investing in real estate. We talk about investing in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, all these paper assets. And there are so many different types of investments and investment vehicles that we can invest in. But when people ask me, DeRay, like, I want to get into investing. I want to get into real estate. I want to get into passive income, whatever the case may be. What should I focus on? And quite often, people are surprised that the answer I give them is not real estate. And I say that the, the most bang for your buck, where you can get the most ROI, where you can get infinite amounts of ROI, unlimited amounts of ROI is when you invest in yourself. Now, I know that through coaching, through consulting, through many other, I mean, 
mediums such as courses and books and things like that, you've invested in yourself. But when we think back on your journey, Zach, can we think of maybe one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? And we're not talking about actually investing in real estate and how, how your returns are and what you're making there, but in yourself, what, what is that for you? And this can be an investment of money. This can be an investment of time, or this can be an investment of energy. What's one of the most, the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made in yourself? Yeah, I'll tell you, it all, it all started when I was about, say, 20 years old. I found uh, an old mentor, and I'm sure you guys know who he is, uh, Bob Proctor. I don't know if you anybody follows Bob Proctor, but I recommend you certainly look into him. And uh, You Were Born Rich is his book. Now, I started following him because I needed personal development. I had some holes in my life that I needed to kind of fill, and I needed to expand my mind. So I started following Bob Proctor, and that was probably the best investment I ever made. He has a system set up where he has like local associates where you can go get mentored by them. They have to be certified. Uh, so I actually paired up with a, a, a teacher, I should say, and I invested in, uh, in her teaching me for about six months program. And what that consisted of is me meeting her every week. There's like a, a booklet uh, that goes over paradigms and, and how you're able to process things and how to expand your mind. And I started to dig deep into myself and what my paradigms were. There was a lot of things that sound around wealth or, you know, I wasn't good enough and, and things like that of thoughts and ideas of which I grew up with. And uh, as soon as I started to eliminate those and or recognize them, I could then understand where all my thoughts came from. And as soon as I was able to do that, then I was able to then grow. That then put myself in a position where I was able to take the opportunities like real estate and to grow and to be able to take that next step in my life. So uh, if you haven't gone to a Bob Proctor seminar or picked up one of his books or watched his YouTube channels, uh, it's a great place to start. But that's an absolute great, uh, great person to start with. Well said. And again, it's one of those things to where you have been able to propel your journey. You've been able to super speed, supercharge, fast forward your success because you went and learned from people who already either had some of these failures, who are experts in the field you're trying to get into, or who maybe done what you're looking to do before. And they can give you some advice, tips, tricks, and strategies. And it's simply the best way I know to be able to grow. It's the best way I think that people can invest in anything. And it's where you should start. So beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Now, you're focused on these options. What would you consider as your primary area of expertise today? Yeah, my primary expertise is either lease options, owner financing is definitely my favorite. I think uh, my biggest wins as far as deals have always been with owner financing and some subject to deals as well. Uh, we tend to be in that realm because you don't have to put up much cash, if any, to use your own credit, personally sign, anything like that, and or go solicit uh, investors. So if anybody's looking for an easier entry, uh, that's uh, certainly the way to do it. All you got to do is understand how to position your scripts and how to talk to people in order to acquire and siphon out the information that you need to figure out if you're a good uh, a good fit for them because you're certainly uh, looking for certain sellers and certain buyers. So my specialty and what I coach heavily on is scripts, buying and selling uh, properties on the terms market, and then being able to basically be able to create your business and be able to scale it eventually to a point where you, you can automate it and create a, a lifestyle your dream. 
Nice, nice. I love it. I love it. So maybe going down that area, your area of expertise, when you talk about lease options, owner financing, things like that, what bad recommendations have you heard in this area that you like to debunk, that you like to demystify and be like, hey, that's not true. This is really what's going on. Like, what, what are some of those bad recommendations that you've heard over the years that you just want to talk about on the show right now? Yeah, I'm sure we've all heard it. Rent to own programs don't work. Uh, lease options, you know, typically fail. The buyers never get to the finish line. They never cash you out. As soon as a tenant buyer is what we call them, so our buyers default, they ruin houses, they're just like regular tenants. Every single one of those we've, we've debunked. The funny thing is uh, through our company, we have a 95% closeout rating. And the oh, reason wow. why this happens now is because we have set up these processes to get them to the finish line. So when we uh, procure a tenant buyer, we are taking, we're doing a background check, you know, all your typical background checks, sexual as well, talking about uh, mortgage readiness date. So that's important. So we use a third party that finds out their mortgage readiness date. And what that means is if they do X, Y, and Z, that the, either their credit is going to be where they need to be to be able to uh, get a property they're self-employed, they're going to be able to show enough. That way they can go get a mortgage. And we're going to make sure that they come in with enough skin in the game. And maybe they don't come in with, you know, let's say they don't come in with 10% today, but uh, over the course of their, their lease agreement, we are going to get them as close to 10% as possible. That way, when they go to a bank or to a mortgage lender, they're not only going to be able to get a loan, they're going to be able to get the best programs which then again incentivizes them to go get their own loan, which also cashes us out, which we get paid when they get to the finish line and also cashes out the seller who is the initial person that I spoke to and I, who I have an obligation to. Now, that's, that's really with the, the buyer side. I mean, we get these buyers to the finish line, but let's say a buyer does default because these are buyers and they understand their agreements and all of our agreements are signed in front of an attorney. That way they understand the levity of the situation they usually just hand us the keys and move on because the only time a buyer will default that I see is if, you know, we're dealing with a life event here that none of us could foresee death, divorce, you know, job relocation, something that's extreme where they have to give up that non-refundable deposit uh, that they gave us at the beginning. And then what do we do? We have two options at that time to still fulfill the agreement. We can either place another tenant buyer in the property that fits the timeline or we can then go take it to a, a traditional market and go sell with a realtor because again, uh, our reputation's everything and I would rather get slightly less profit just to make sure that the seller is still cashed out and that way we get good referrals and that way, you know, kind of the world, the world spins when you start doing your, uh, fulfilling your obligations and, uh, and, and keeping up with your reputation. So it's a couple of things that happen there, but as long as we're fulfilling the ob obligation of the seller and, and doing our best to get these buyers to the finish line, then then the business is going to work out well. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And again, we're, we're debunking myths today. We de we're demystifying owner financing and lease <laughs> options. And this is simply beautiful because I know a lot of listeners are hung up on this and they have a lot of questions pertaining to that because there is a lot of bad information out there. So I really appreciate you, Zach, for being able to kind of share that with us. Now, let's, let's, let's fast forward through your journey. I mean, normally I could say within the last five years, but your, your stint is about three years long and so is mine. And in the past three years, or maybe in the past two years, since you've kind of honed in on your craft, what have you become better at saying no to? So maybe like distractions, imitations, et cetera. And 
I guess when, whenever you think about the new realizations and or the approaches that you've done to kind of implement saying no or not being distracted, what are those? Or are there apps or there, are there, you know, is there a system like people, you know, I just want to want to see how you're able to stay so focused on what it is to focus on without any distractions. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's certainly not easy. I, I definitely don't want to say it's easy and it's, and it's a learning process. Here's another great book for you. Uh, Dan Kennedy's Time Management. I don't know if anybody's read that book, but that is a great book. Dan Kennedy's awesome. Well, the first one would be, especially business-wise, I'm very particular on who I'm buying from as far as the sellers or, or what buyers we're working with because I'm only working with those who are 100% either motivated and or both of our expectations are exactly the same because it takes a lot of time and effort to work with people. It also takes a lot of time and effort to go on, say, appointments and seeing properties and do it and going through the buyer and selling motions. So I only work with those sellers and buyers that are very serious because we spend a lot of time with them. As far as my, my personal life, I think I'm just becoming a lot better at understanding who in my life is bringing value just because I feel as though I work so hard on myself personally that I only really want to surround myself with people that are adding value. And don't get me wrong, I'm not telling you to go fire all your friends. I'm just saying that you got to understand, I think there's a, a saying, like who's your 30-second friend, minute friend, and who's uh, your three-minute friend. You just have to understand who those people are in your life and surround yourself with those three-minute friends of the people that are, are, are really on the same page with you. So as far as, as far as that goes, I think I'm just getting better at understanding who I want to actually spend my time with. Because now I have a, an eight-month-old baby, you know, I'm, I'm happily married. You know, I have a I have a house now. So I mean, just I mean, time just flies out the window between the the business and the family. So I only have so much time left over that I just want to make sure that it's going in the right place and, and with the right people. So I don't know if I use a particular tool or anything like that. It's just more or less uh, personal choice now. When you feel maybe out of alignment, when you feel overwhelmed. I mean, you talked about a lot of personal growth on the show. When you feel unfocused, or maybe you've maybe just lost focus temporarily, what do you do to get yourself back in alignment? And if it helps, maybe what questions do you ask yourself? Yeah, so I've become an avid journal, journalist, I should say. I like to, I try to write my journal at least four or five times a week. I'm also very big with, with working out. So Anytime I'm like super, super frustrated, I used to do a thing and this may help you guys. So when I used to originally call on sellers and I was brand, brand new, uh, if I got a no or I was dealing with like a grumpy seller uh, where people were, uh, you know, kind of yelling at you, you know, you get on the phone sometimes and, and people are like, what, what do you want? And, and you're trying to, you're trying to talk with them. You're trying to go through the motions. You're trying to get some leads. You're trying to get some deals done and they're just not having it. I used to jump down. I used to do 10 pushups just to kind of just to kind of get my mind right and get the blood flowing and get some uh, different energy going. So I'm a big advocate of, uh, of working out. It always keeps me sane. I try to do it at least five or six times a week. And then when I'm getting down, I really, I'm, I'm big at journaling. I really want to know what's going on and why certain things caused it because I'm glad that I recognized that I was, that I was upset and overwhelmed, but I really want to know like why I was overwhelmed and then how can I change that in the future? Because you know, it's always, it's always usually just something in your mind because it's kind of goes from the inside out. But you could be, you know, one person could see a beautiful day and the other one could see a crappy day. And it's really, 
know, what's going on internally that that's going to tell you what's really happening outside. So I try to be in as, as in touch with or as in tune with myself as much as possible. Feeling really tells me where I'm at. Uh, so I would say those two things really uh, keep me keep me in alignment. I love it. I couldn't agree more. Your outer experience is literally in a, a reflection of your inner mind. And I have a follow-up question to your point number two, and it's not necessarily going down the same path you went down, but when you think about health and wellness and fitness, how closely correlated do you think that that, that is to wealth? I mean, do you see a positive correlation there? Do you think that there, there's something that there's something to kind of tie into that when it comes to people who work out or people who are healthy or people who care about their health, they, they have more chances to succeed in wealth? Do you have any opinion on that? Yes, I uh, I may be biased, but I 100% I'm going to have to agree with you. Okay, so being successful takes up, obviously, it takes a lot of energy to build businesses to, and I, I guess I'm just going along the path of success as being wealth. I mean, you can kind of describe that however you would like to, but in my mind, it's it's creating a business, it's creating legacy, creating wealth, things like that come into play when I, when I think of my legacy. So it takes a lot of time and energy. Some of these, some of these weeks, I mean, you're grinding away. In order to build a business, you know, you're, you're sacrificing some things, time, family, things like that for the future and that aspect. So as far as being able to feed your mind and to feed your body in order to have the, the amount of energy that you need in order to accomplish your goals is you, you, have, to, you have to be in good shape and you have to feed yourself uh, good food because if you feel like crap, and I want all you guys to think about it like this. So when you're having a bad day and you feel like crap, do you get anything done? No, you get nothing done. But as soon as you're in a positive, you're in a good vibration, I mean, the world's your oyster, right? Uh, all of a sudden, you know, you come in one, you come in the morning uh, to the office and you accomplish one good thing. And then all of a sudden, you, your energy's up and all of a sudden your day is fantastic. You're accomplishing a bunch of things. You've, you know, you've, you've moved 100 yards compared to a foot if you had a crappy day. So it, it's 100% correlated. And, and, if, and if you don't believe so, then, then you're lying to yourself. Lifestyle Design Acceleration Hacks. What is your favorite Before the Millions book? I tell you, I got a I got a bunch of them, right? I think we always have the the usuals like you. Uh, mine is you were born rich, but as far as now, uh, the ten X rule is fantastic. If you're not reading any of Grant Cardone's, I mean, you talk about getting fired up. That guy gets you fired up. He does. He does. Uh, uh, love Grant Cardone. Or anything to do with like sales. I really love like uh, Never Split the Difference. That was, that was a, a great one by on Chris, Voss. Chris Voss. So, yeah, I'm an avid reader. I mean, I'm also, because I'm a coach, I love uh, I love reading about other coaches, not necessarily in real estate, but the, I feel like the easiest access is to people that are in sports. I'm a big, big person in the sports as well. So I've read like the Belichick and Brady. I mean... I'm a little biased up here. I, I mean, I'm a New England Patriots fan through oh, and through. Man. And uh, the other one is uh, Getting to Us was a book that I just got for my birthday. That's a great book. It's about a bunch of college coaches. Mike Krzyzewski uh, is just to name one, Urban Meyer. And each chapter is like the coach's life and how he was able to or how he or she is able to bring the team together in order to accomplish goals. And it, they all have like different like little nuances. So it's, it's, it's cool to kind of get inside a coach's mind. What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool. Right now, uh, Investor Fuse is something that I use day in and day out. It's a CRM. It manages all my leads and it helps me correlate 
between people going on appointments or uh, my VAs laying leads. So it kind of puts everybody in one place and it also has some great automation associated with it for follow-up and, and making sure that I'm, I'm kind of keeping track of all the deals that are happening around, uh, around the office. Nice, nice, nice. That is a new one. So we appreciate that one. What do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? I mean, I, I love the fact that I can, uh, I can work from home, need be, if I want to hang out, uh, hang out with my family one day, even though I probably won't get more done. Uh, I like that freedom. I also love the fact that I, I, I work with my family day in and day out. So I probably, because uh, I got my brother-in-law here in the war room is what we call it. I probably hang out with him more than I do my wife. So it's uh, it's just nice to be surrounded by family. And I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you enough, enough good things about him. But the fact that our, our family is so crazily ambitious, it's it's been nice. Because I don't suggest everyone goes out there and works with their family. But when things are in alignment, uh, you run with it. So uh, I very much enjoy that that aspect of the business. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? Uh, it's always time, right? Especially being young and ambitious. The fact that I have a family too as well. Me and my wife had to decide uh, as we're growing these $2 million businesses, we had to decide that I wasn't going to be there absolutely every day and be able to make dinner every night and things like that. So it's not just a sacrifice for me, but the fact that my, my wife takes care of my baby boy and certainly does not complain about any of that at all and just allows us to grow this business because the future is so bright. So those are, that's a sacrifice. It's really time. It's you got to understand that you can't have everything. You can have you can have things, but you can't have everything. So the fact that we want to, that we're ambitious and we want to grow these businesses and create the wealth that we want and have those things, you got to sacrifice some time with your family and just a fact. You're surely right. Who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? Uh, I'd always have to go back first and foremost to my family on, on both sides, but obviously my mentor is my father-in-law who got me into this business and has taught me pretty much everything I know about the, the real estate business. Have uh, we had him on the show before, Zach? You have. Yeah, Chris Fontaine. <laughs> go back to that episode. Yes, um, guys, go visit that. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's amazing. And it sounds like you are coming from a great lineage of investors. So that's, that's, that sounds beautiful. And then, of course, I, I got I to gotta thank my mom. Uh, she <laughs> She's what raised me. So, uh, you know, I got to thank her because she'd be there. And I guess my whole family would be there even if we uh, never made it to the millions, right? So it's not always about before the millions. It's, it's whether or not you made it there or not. And they're always there to support you. So family is, is big with me. Nice, nice, nice. Last but not least, why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention of getting to the millions? Again, it's, it's going to come back to paradigms, right? It's it's first you believe and then you succeed. So anybody that I've seen that has not succeeded, I guess in, in my world, in the real estate world, is the fact that they didn't get over the fact that they uh, truly believed what they were doing. It's always, yeah, but this, or I don't think I can do this, or like you said earlier, everyone else has this. Uh, they you got to get out of your own way. And I think the best way to do that is to is to kind of go in with um, with both feet. Just jump in. If it doesn't work, you can pop your head out in 18 or, or 24 months later. But at least you've learned some things. But if you don't go all in, then there's no way you're ever going to reach those millions. Ask any other millionaire. Ask them if they only had one foot in. Guarantee they didn't. 
I love that. You have to actually be that person that you're looking to be. They say be, do, have, and most people they think that they have to do something, and whatever they do is gonna pre is gonna cause them to be who they want to be. No, you have to be that person first. You have to believe that it is your divine right to be wealthy. That it is your divine right to be a real estate investor. And once you have that thought process, once you start with those thoughts your world is going to change to align with those thoughts like the same situations you'd be in if you didn't have those thoughts if you had thoughts of a lack perspective or the thoughts that what was me that those same thought patterns would show up in a, in a situation to where somebody's offering you an opportunity and you're like well i can never do that or that's not for me or it's it's highly likely that i'm going to fail when you have those preconceived notions that's all you're going to go into that situation with whereas if you are being the real estate investor that you intend to be in the future if you're already living in that space now when you see those opportunities they will present themselves as opportunities because you're in tune you're in alignment with what you believe to be possible what you believe to be true now you're just waiting for the rest of the world to catch up so I love that. Now, Zach, this has been an amazing interview and it's one of those to where I want the people, I want the listeners to get to know a little bit more about you, get to maybe even reach out to you, ask a question or two, or get, get to learn about some of the services that you guys offer. Can you kind of plug some of that information here so that we can kind of reach out to you? Yeah, hundred percent. So our company is smartrealestatecoach.com. That's just how it's spelled, smartrealestatecoach.com. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to uh, support at smartrealestatecoach.com and they'll connect They'll connect you with me. We got a you know a bunch of things happening. We actually have our event coming up very soon in uh, in September. So certainly you can find out all that information at QLS. That's Quantum Lead Systems Event But again, I think the best way to reach out is through support, and then just connect with me and just say, Hey, I, I heard you on the Before the Millions uh, show, and I'd love to chat with you. I'd be more than happy to give you you know some time. Nice, nice, nice. And where's that event? Where's that event located? What city? Uh, is Newport, that? Rhode Island. Nice, nice, nice. So listeners, there you have it. Zach, this has been simply amazing. I've gotten tons of value from this conversation. I've learned so much from your experiences and I'm sure the listeners have as well. It's one of those to where I love giving these gems because it, it gives that inspiration. Let's listeners know that when I'm starting on this path, there's nothing but endless possibilities as long as they choose to keep going, they choose to not give up and they choose to, to trust and believe in the process of you know, just thinking big, you know, 10Xing your thoughts, knowing that this is your divine right. And I love that we we're, were able to kind of cover that on the show. So thank you so much, Zach, for all that you do. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a good fit to work with the Before the Millions team, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash call. That's beforethemillions.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what is your cash flow goal? How much are you looking to make every month? Number two, your personalized investing strategy. And number three, the best way to get started using cash flowing rental real estate. Remember, starting and scaling your real estate investments and business doesn't happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We've helped clients all over the world start and scale their investing efforts to six figures and beyond while enjoying life and making the world a better place. To find out if we can help you do the same, head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash call. I'm Dorel Lallier, and let's talk soon.